Welcome back to the Purpose Producer Podcast. This is the place where we celebrate people who are using their gifts to help others reach their destiny. I'm your host, Georgia Dawkins, and all my life, I've been encouraged to get out of my feelings. And today, we're going to focus on just that, taking control of our emotions. Growing up, I could often be found in a corner with my arms folded and pouting, all because of one negative experience. I cut myself out of opportunities for fun and peace, all because I didn't have the spiritual maturity to push through. But lucky for us, my next guest is an expert on resilience. Meet Erin Waller. She's the founder of BWF Woman, an organization that supports and heals the brokenhearted and celebrates the inherent beauty of Christ in the spirit of women. Erin's goal is to empower others to make choices that strategically shift emotions. In this episode, she breaks down how to become intentional about our emotions so that we can all achieve our physical, mental, and spiritual goals. Yeah, so what you're talking about in terms of purpose and being the producer of a purpose is so key because it gets into the the realness of what that really looks like. Because people like to say, oh, we're doing the work, we're doing the work. Or they see people say, girl, I'm, I'm doing the work. And it's like, that that's so elusive. They don't know what that means. What does it mean that I'm doing the work? And if you really are doing the work, then what you realize is that the thing that you've asked God for, the thing that is like that deep desire of your heart, as soon as you ask, I believe that you receive because the Bible says if you ask and you seek, you will find. If you not, the door is going to be open. If you ask, you will receive. I mean, God has showed us this over and over again. So if we receive, then why does it not actually manifest right then and there? And the reason for that, I believe, is because of what you said in the producing part of it. It has to be produced. It has to be produced because along the way, you develop the muscle to be able to hold it. Yes. Because who wants to get what they ask for and then let it slip through their fingers because they won't prepare to receive it. That's it. That's it. You want to be in position. And you want to not just yes. not just be in position, but be in the proper posture to receive. And I like yes. to think about all the different sports that I played and how each sport required a different version of Georgia. There was a different uniform. There was a different conditioning season. There was a different time of year for that thing. And so I look at that in our spiritual lives and it reminds me that there is a time and a place. There is a season for this thing. There's a conditioning yes. seasoning. There's a stretching season. And, and then there's the playoffs, you know, <laughs> there's that place where you get to the next level and then you start over. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There's, it's a process. Exactly what you're describing is a process. And sometimes that process leads you right into the thing that you think is not going to be a problem at all, but that I found most women actually struggle the most with, which is receiving. So you say, I want it, but with God's process, there's a condition to God's promises. He's offered salvation, but you have to receive it, right? He's offering the ask, the answer to your ask, but you have to receive it. So receiving. And you say, well, you know, Aaron, Georgia, girl, I'm good. I don't need any help receiving because when it shows up, girl, I'm in there. I got this. 
But what you have to realize is that if you can't even receive a compliment, you know what I mean? If you can't even receive the raise at your job without feeling like, how did I earn this? If you can't receive being selected to be in the room without wondering if you're worthy, then you have work to do on your ability to receive. You've got to be able to receive in order to actually have your purpose produced in your life. And it's okay to have work to do. I think a lot of people hear that or see the work that needs to be done and then they're intimidated by all that needs to change, all that has to be transformed in order for them to get to the next level. So I think we have to get to a point where we embrace that season of conditioning, where we embrace that season of stretching. And I think a lot of people are feeling that stretch right now during this pandemic. Absolutely. Absolutely. This this whole pandemic is, I, I like to call it almost like a reckoning or a reconciliation. So this is our opportunity to become reconciled back with God, reconciled back with ourselves. There are fewer distractions, honestly, as compared to what life was like before this started. And being able to have this is really, and I don't want this to be misconstrued because we've, we've seen some terrible things. You know, we experienced some pain. There's been um, everything ranging from a level of being uncomfortable to extreme sadness because of how this pandemic has affected us. But there's a gift within it as well as it pertains to you personally. There's, a, I believe that there's a gift within it. And the gift, I think, is a almost like a fast forwarding of the process because we get to concentrate. We get to become concentrated in this environment and i see women doing that in different ways for one woman it might be rest you know sometimes doing the work means taking yourself to bed earlier than you typically do and getting some rest because you have been doing so much that you thought you needed to be doing and honestly your spirit the holy spirit is saying no i need you to rest so that you can have the strength to receive the next step you know so we can't really look at each other um, processes and judge them or we'll compare them either. We can't compare them because for each person, the work looks different. Yes, it does. And you, you can't, you have to get off social media. I think that's a, that's a problem too. A lot of what we're talking about is how we have been programmed, how we have been programmed and how we have given our power away to program. Yes. We're allowing other people and other things and those distractions to reprogram us. When there's already the, the, we already have the cheat codes. We already have the path that's already within us, but we have let mm-hmm. so many things distract us that that right. we've missed it. And so, right. when you talk about uh, the journey and that season of rest, oh my gosh, God dealt with me so much in the last two years about that season of rest because I am the person who cannot, who could not, excuse me. <laughs> who could not sit down and be still. I was always doing the most. I mean, even from a child, always doing everything that that could be done, having my hands in so many things that I didn't know what it felt like to rest. I didn't know what I didn't know there was a blessing in being on the bench. I didn't know that there was a blessing, a blessing in being hidden. It's cool. I'm chilling because when I come back up, 
when I come back up though, y'all are not even going to be ready for me. And so I really struggled with that before I could see the light before I was reminded of God's promise. I really struggled with, you want me to stop? You want me to sit down and then what, how am I going to pay my bills? Who's going to do the work? And we have taken that from God. We've taken back those responsibilities. Like, you know what, bro? I got it. (laughs) On second thought, you know, I'm good. You keep your majesty and your omnipotence, you know, you take that somewhere else. So I want to go inside that season of rest because it's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. I almost felt like I had to sit on my hands, literally, or, or put bricks on my chest so that I did not get up and try mm-hmm. to do something that didn't really need to be done. Exactly. Rest is critical. It really is. And I do believe that everyone goes through that as a part of their process. Um, I relate so much to you. As you were talking, I laughed because I was too that little girl who did not sit down. I had to finish everything. If I started it, I finished it. If it was an art project, a book, whatever it was, I couldn't rest until it was done. I would clear the table, you know, because I was raised in the South. So we're taught that, you know, you, you help clean up after dinner. You don't just get up and leave. And I would clear people's plates and cups before they were even done eating. You know, I'm like, I got to get all this stuff washed. I got to get it put away. You know, it was, it was almost to the point where, you know, my husband now, he's just like, I, you know, he has helped me learn how to sit down, you know, and God will put people and things in your life. Take the help. Help Take the help. Through being able to, yes. So yes, again, receiving right back to what we were talking. Can you receive the help when someone comes along and says, I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to do that for you. But let me tell you even deeper from a spiritual perspective, why rest is so important. I remember going through this season of time in my life where I was really like, things were not working out to the point where I said, I'm not going to do anything but sit in your presence, God. And God was like, okay, I need, you know, and while I was sitting and, and I want to be able to unspiritualize that and make that practical, what that looks like is sitting literally with the Bible and with the journal and being quiet and listening. And as I was doing that every day, God was just showing me things that I needed to let go of to create room for rest. And it got to the point where I was like, God, I've given up everything. Mm. I've given up the need to have so much money in the bank. And I'm going to start doing what you want me to do with that money versus what I want to do because everything belongs to you. The Bible says cattle and a thousand hills belong to God. All of it belongs to him. I'm giving up relationships with men and going the way that I think. I deleted all my dating apps off my phone. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm going to let you bring him if you want to bring him. I gave up everything, God. What else do you want? Because it's still not working out. And I, I will never forget this moment God says to me. He said, there's still something on the throne. And I said, well, what? What is it? I've given up everything. And God said, go look in the mirror. It's you. You are still on the throne. You have to let me sit in my seat and you sit in your seat so that I can do the final play. It's the final play. If we're talking about sports, it's like God was like, let me bring it home for you. So you got to move now. And I was just like, oh, when I tell you that thing hit me, it hit me so hard. I, was, I didn't even realize that I was still, even though I had given up all those external things, Within myself, in my mind, I was still calling the shots about what I was going to think 
I was still calling the shots about how I was going to feel. I was still calling the shots about how I was going to move in life. And God was like, no, I want to be able to tell you. I want to be able to inspire you. And that is when your natural becomes supernatural because God adds his super to your natural, taking it to a whole other level. Isn't that so romantic that we serve a God who will perfect his work, you know? Ooh, yeah. We have so many people. We've encountered so many people in our lives who maybe abandoned us or didn't finish the job. They they just they they took more than they gave. And then yes. here comes God with this love, with this yes. supernatural love. I'm not done yet. And as long as you're here, I'm here. I was here before you just getting this ready for you. And now I'm getting you ready for the next thing that I have for you. Like, this is all for you. This is all for happening you. for you. But yes. but still, we struggle with getting to that process. Yes. With yes. getting with, with saying with the first step. And that was just giving God a yes. I remember when God wanted me to leave, when God told me to leave my dream job, this national talk show that I helped create and develop. You want me to leave it for what? What else do you have for me? And God said, I've always dreamed bigger dreams for you. Always. I've always upgraded every prayer you've come to me with, even the ones you didn't bring to me. I took care of that for you. And so I think what you said is so important. We have to let God be that sixth man, you know, run the play. That's Run right. the play. That's why you're here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love how you describe God's love. It really is so beautiful. It's an unfailing love. It's an everlasting love. Our ability to comprehend it, I believe we're brought more and more into it every day. I don't know if we'll ever comprehend it. Maybe when we get to heaven, we'll comprehend it. But to be able to be in the presence of that love, that love heals, it restores, it fulfills its promise. That love is just everything. And that's why when you sit, you shared that you sat in God's presence. And that's how it started for you, with purpose and moving into that. I believe, I honestly believe that that's where it starts. But when I talk about Christian meditation, a lot of people don't understand. And they're like, what do you mean? Is that like some Eastern meditation or something? No, I'm just literally talking about doing what Jesus did. Jesus sat in God's presence. He actually retreated for 40 days and 40 nights into God's presence. That's what he did. And so we are to model our lives by Christ, and that means we do what Jesus did. And so being able to have that Christian meditation, that sitting in God's presence, I believe is critical for our restoration. That's so good because that's actually how I how I wrote my book. I went away for nine days to the beach and I actually wrote the book in eight and I cut everybody off. I mean, I, I turned off the notifications. I think I checked in with my mom once a day. Um, I changed what I was putting in my body and I just made it my business to wake up with God. And to, yes. and to commune with him, to walk the beach with him, to take a nap with him, like just that simple just that yes. remembrance and knowing that he's there. He did so much in that time. I want to go back to a word that you said earlier in our conversation. And that was reckless because yes. a lot of people give God that yes. And they expect this music video uh, <laughs> left behind <laughs> kind of love. Like God is going to come out the sky with these fireworks and it's just going to be majestic. And it is. 
but we also have to be prepared for that brokenness, Mm -hmm. for that recklessness. Yes. How do you wrap your mind around that kind of love? It's going to hurt a little bit, but it's love. (laughs) I mean, I think, you know, analytically, we know, okay, I have to let go of something that's going to be painful. But again, we can't control the process because when we ask for something innately, we think we know exactly how it's going to come. Like, oh, I want this thing. So what's going to happen is I'm going to go here. This is going to happen. And that's going to happen. And you define the process. But God takes us through this pathway that is undefined by us. It's defined by him. He knows what's going on. (laughs) It's a setup. It's it's a setup. (laughs) And it feels like it's reckless. It feels like it's a reckless process. It's like, how could this whole pandemic be happening? And it and it totally threw so many people off. You know, it feels reckless. But within that recklessness is a gift. It's a gift of divine order. It looks reckless to you, but for God, it's all in his divine order. And how do we know? Because he said he's going to work out everything according to our good. It's going to work out for our good. You know, it is going to work. And so... In that recklessness that we perceive in our outer world, we have to be able to become connected to God's reckless love. And when we do that, I believe that we are able to walk in divine order and things just start happening. You know, they just start happening. You can't even imagine. You know, I'll give you a a case in point. I, for a very long time, used the Bible app on my phone. Love Bible app, you know, and I, I started having these like envisioning an app, like a a plan on the app. And so I reached out to the Bible app and asked them and asked them and asked them, sent emails. My assistant was to fill out the form every week. He got no response for a year. That was like, rest. Just take it off of your plate. I really want it. Like, I really want it. And God, I asked you for it. I believe it will be a blessing. I really want this. But we let it go the way that God said. And do you not know that literally a couple of months after meeting one key person who reached out to the CEO of the Bible app, they reached out to me and said, we want you to write a plan. God showed me again. It's not going to be because of your plan path. It's, it's going to seem reckless because how could you, Georgia, leave your job or a show choose, dreamed of, wrote, produced, all of this. How, that seems very reckless. But within that recklessness is a divine order. How can I let go of my dream and my desire and just give it like it looks like I've given it up? It seems reckless. But within that recklessness is divine order. And God steps in and, like you said, elevates the whole thing. He takes it to a whole other level. I was so mad at God in that season. Like, you got me out here looking (laughs) real stupid, bruh. Like, if you don't do something soon... People are going to think that I'm crazy and that I'm, and they talked about me. There were people who I thought were my friends who said, you know, she, she didn't hear from God. That must've been something else. And so when I look back now, almost two and a half years from that act of faith and look, I look, I look at all God has done. Like, wow, I I had nothing to do with this. I had nothing to do with this. And it's because I took my hands off of it that everybody knows that it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And that's what yes. it's all about. We have to get away from ego, get away from likes and shares and comments and views. How many people are watching us live right now? 
yeah, we have to yeah, get yeah. out of that space <laughs> and just get down to the core of it. And so when you talk about being intentional about your emotions, I think about uh, being that emotional kid growing up, people telling me that girl, you just always in your feelings. Oh, she just always in her feelings. And I'm like, you know, it took me decades to get to the point to where I understood that my feelings are here to show me something. It doesn't mean I stay there. I don't need to stay in this puddle, but I need to get what they have come to teach me. And so how do you decipher, how do you navigate through your emotions to get to, mm -hmm. to achieve that physical, mental, and spiritual, those spiritual goals? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like to share, I think it's such a great question about emotions. I like to share that emotions are energy in motion. That's what your emotions are. They're, they're just energy in motion. We are, you know, God created us, he breathed life into us, and all around us, you know, from a science perspective, is, is energy. And so if our emotions are energy in motion, then we have to look at what the energy really is that we're putting into motion. So to change our feelings means changing our emotions. All right, so that's the base. That's like the root. And I think it tracks back to really remembering what God did for you the last time. Because the last time he did it, he came through. Did the he? last time he did it, <laughs> he blew your mind. The last time he did it, you were celebrating, calling all your girlfriends. Like, girl, let me tell you. So what makes you think that this time is going to be any different? If he did it before, he can do it again. So getting our energy that's in motion in alignment with God's word, I just tell people to put God's word on it. Even if you don't have the faith right now, even if you can't believe because you mentioned being mad at God. I was mad at God. I was mad at God because my 12-year marriage to my college sweetheart just fell to pieces in front of me. I was mad at God because he made me move, I felt like, to another state because my job moved and, and I couldn't find another job in Florida despite being a, an executive in marketing for this, you know, national healthcare company. I couldn't get another job. I couldn't get another job. I had to move here. I was mad at God. And it's like, when you have to process through that, if we look back at it, we can now see that God had a perfect plan the entire time. But why do we forget that? when the next challenge comes. We can't forget it. We have to keep our energy in alignment with the fact that if God did it before, he can do it. And you're supposed to need him. You're supposed yes. to need him. So it's not going to be every day I have 100% faith and I'm the best Christian in the world and look at me, I'm so right. close to Jesus. Every day is not like that. Yeah, We got to be real about that process. Some days are ugly. Some days are ugly and uncomfortable and you don't want to pray and you don't want to meditate and you don't right. want to read another scripture. We get it. We get it. But that's a part of the yeah. process and we have to it take it a day at a time and continue going back, continue going back. Yeah. That's why faith is a practice. You yeah. don't just sign a contract and there's your faith. Here's your, your, your 2020 lease on faith. And that's going to take you through, through your lifetime. Right. Every day it's we have practice. to renew that. Every day we have to do that. It's a practice. And the, the wonderful thing about that practice is that we aren't required to be perfect. For those of us who have struggled with perfectionism, I know I did. I felt like everything I had to do had to be exactly right before I could share it or show it or do it. And God was like, you don't have to be perfect. And the relief 
release of that was just so, it's like a weight lifted off of, off of your shoulders when you realize God doesn't require you to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. All you have to do is be willing. And if you are willing, then literally everything else is handled. And you're not going to have perfect days all the time. It's just, but that doesn't mean you're failing. You're still succeeding. Like, you're still winning, even in imperfection. And I think sometimes because of it, because God says when you are weak, I'm, I'm made strong. You know? So at the end of it, we're giving him the glory because we know it's him and not us. I so needed that, Aaron. I really needed that reminder because especially in, in quarantine and social distancing, I've been having so many days where I'm like, I'm failing, man. I'm failing it. Everybody seems to be doing what God told me to do. So I guess I don't need to go create that or I don't need to, I don't need to go build that because they already did it. And if God is using them, then he doesn't need me, but he keeps yeah. showing me that he does and he right. doesn't need me. He wants me. You know what I'm saying? That's different. Uh, like that's different. You really don't, so, but you do oh, though. Yeah. Like thank yeah. you. Like that just I I really I needed that. That's something that I I have to say out loud. You know that I'm not failing. That that God loves me, and tomorrow's another day, and I can try again, and and it's okay because He'll be there. Yeah, be there. That grace with yourself. Grace. Oh, we don't give ourselves That's enough great. grace. I no. get so frustrated with my friends, especially the entrepreneurs, because they're the ones who are like us, you know, the team too much, doing the most, have to have our hands yes. in everything. And I'm like, girl, if you just stop, if you just rest, <laughs> if you just give yourself the grace that you're giving your employees and your contractors, think yes. of how much, how much more, how much more successful you will be. Just picture mm-hmm. that. Just try mm-hmm. it. Just move in that direction. That's a faith walk too. Just move it in is. that direction and see what happens. It is. And I think a part is necessary as a part of your purpose. Because your purpose really becomes impactful when it's authentic. And you can't be authentic when everything has to be perfect because that's not real. You know, that's just not real life. So people connect to your imperfections. They connect to your vulnerability. They connect to you sharing what you didn't do well at because it's different. It honestly is different when you look at mass media and being portrayed. And so that to me is where the real change really happens and where people really are are brought into this awareness is when they relate to the imperfections. So I like to be able to share that. And I think more of us need to do that. We have to share our testimony. And when we share our testimonies, we have to be really realistic and vulnerable about sharing the text. I think Perfect. vulnerability is my superpower. Like I've really? in the last two years, I've really been leaning in, you know, like I don't let yeah. people come from my emotions or my feelings anymore. I just wear that, you know, and I'm just like, here's where I am today. Yeah. Y'all saw me take a huge leap of faith and leave my good job and my benefits in front of the whole world. <laughs> right. And here I am still believing God still trying every day, still feeling like I'm failing, but I'm not, you know, still giving myself and practicing, giving myself that grace. Um, Erin, how have you been able to incorporate podcasting in your ministry? You know, for a long time, I had the idea to do a podcast, but I didn't know what it was supposed to be about. I had no clue. And people would say, you should do a podcast. You should do a podcast. 
and I was just like, it has, I have to get the idea, like I have to see it, right? And so God knew that's what I needed. And what happened was he took me back to some of my old notes, like when I was sick, when I was in my broken place, and he would just share healing words and thoughts and scriptures with me, and I was directed in different places. And what I would do in that place is I would carry that around. I used notes in my iPhone. So I would literally open up my notes sometimes 10 times in one day just to be able to get through that day Mm -hmm. to read what God had shared with me in the morning. So sitting with him in the morning became critical to me being able to successfully navigate the day. And I would repeat his words in my mind. And God said, that's what I want you to do. That's, That's what I want you to do. I want you to repeat these words and your translation of what I'm telling you in different ways so that people can can really get it. So it became a guided meditation podcast because so many women were saying, I don't know how to sit in God's presence. I started thinking about my to-do list. I started thinking about breakfast. I want some coffee. You know, I got all this stuff to do. I don't even know how to feel. And so when you have kind of like that guided meditation, just repeating God's words in different ways and different phrases, but along a certain train of thought, we begin to do what is the foundational scripture for BWF woman. We begin to renew our minds. Romans 12 and 2 says that we have to renew our minds, you know, and that means we have to make our minds new every day. And that process is controlling our thoughts. So to intentionally fill our minds with the thoughts that reflect God's word, to re- repeat God's word, it changes things. It literally changes things. So the next day when you're confronted with that super challenge that you thought you would never be able to overcome, you can, after a while, look it directly in the eye and say, I'm moving past you. And you can walk right past it. You can walk right past You can defeat the thing that has literally held you. For me, it was locked down, tied up. I couldn't get past it. And God, through that process, gave me this healing. And so helping other women achieve that has become critical. If it's just one woman who realizes that she has the power to change her thoughts, to change her mind, change her words, and take that thing to another level, then for me, it, it, it's been worth it. That's so beautiful. Like, I'm excited. Like, what can people expect from the Manifestation Masterclass that you have coming up? <laughs> so Manifestation Masterclass, is all about manifesting her. We want to manifest her. The her that God created, the original intent that he had, he He thought about you, you know, his love that like we were talking about, it stands all the way back to before we even came into consciousness. He thought about us. And so with thinking about us, he then determined that Jesus had to come to give us salvation, give us abundant life. But why are so many of us living below that? Why are we living beneath that? Why are we uh, not stepping fully into it, right? It kind of, and I like to tell people, you know, it's like he's given us all of these options, but we stay focused on this one little narrow path. It's almost like we don't deserve it. So Manifestation Masterclass is for the woman who wants to break out of the unworthiness, the woman who wants to be able to start seeing her value. The woman who wants to be able to have an answer to the question, what do you want? I ask women, what do you want? Most people can't even give a true, authentic answer to that question. What do you really, what do you really want? 
And then the next question is, how does that align with what God is showing us? Because I do believe that God will give us the desire of our heart. I read that verse a little differently. I don't think he's giving us the desires of our heart as in giving us everything we've ever wanted. I believe he gives us the desires. And he plants them in our heart. And then he allows those things to come out. And so what you've been walking around talking about, what you've been desiring, most of the time I believe that God has planted that desire in your heart. And it just it continues to find its way to escape in your life until it becomes an actuality. So how do you get out of the way in order for that to happen? How do you get out of the way so that when you walk into it, which I think is a part of the purpose path, that pathway to purpose, when you walk into it, it becomes everything that you ever dreamed of, that you didn't know even existed. I believe that God will go above and beyond everything that we hope for to give us what we dreamed of, to give us what he dreamed of even more so, you know, because his dreams, his thoughts are so much higher and better than ours. And when we intentionally align our lives with the idea that I have to manifest her, like there's a job God has given me. And Manifestation Masterclass guides women along that path. To win at your emotions, Aaron says one has to change the hand they've been dealt. Put down the cards of hurt, abuse, abandonment, and rejection. And replace these cards with love, peace, acceptance, and affirmation. As Romans chapter 12 verse 2 reminds us, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If you're anything like me and you need a little help reprogramming your mind from time to time, check out Aaron's show, The BWF Woman. I am beautiful, wild, free, guided meditation and affirmations podcast has but one purpose to help you see yourself the way Christ sees you. Thank you for joining us today on the Purpose Producer Podcast. Be sure to connect with us on all social platforms at the Purpose Producer. And as always, thank you for being a light in my path to purpose.